the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will review the latest positive news in the British manufacturing sector, including news from Nissan, Arla, Dynamo Motor Company, as well as Sheffield Forge Masters. This week, we also welcome a special guest, John Stanbridge, the GB Bobsleigh Development Pilot. But before we start, I'd like to mention the Factory Now platform. New members are joining the platform every week, which has been launched to help British manufacturing boost sales, collaborate and reshore. New members this week include flooring specialist TPS360, one of the UK's leading protective solutions facility management providers, and Namuda Visual Software. Its lean manufacturing software drives shop floor productivity by 20% and increases quality by 35%. My name is Joe Reynolds, and joining me today is my co-host, Stuart Whitehead. Stuart, welcome. How are things? Yeah, really good. Thank you, Joe. And uh, great to see new members joining Factory Now every week. And there really, there really isn't a better time to join. You know, you get dedicated microsites, unlimited content, articles, videos, unlimited job postings. The list goes on. So please get in touch with us. Inquires at mtdmfg.com for more information, or alternatively message us on on social media, find us at MTDMFG or at Jefferson on Twitter or LinkedIn. Yep, let's jump in with the news. It's a good one to start. Uh, the future of Sheffield Forge Masters has, uh, has been secured. It's looking like it's going to be acquired by the Ministry of Defence. Yeah, fantastic news and certainly one of the most popular stories on social media this week. The investment will secure the historic manufacturer's role as a critical supplier to the next generation of UK defence programmes also continuing its independent commercial activities, serving civil nuclear, oil and gas, power generation and steel. The MOD has agreed to buy the company's entire share capital to £2.56 million, set to be completed on the 19th of August. The transaction is structured to inject up to £400 million new investment over the next decade into defence critical assets, including plans for a new heavy forge line, major machine tool replacements and a site-wide HP upgrade. And all this investment is expected to retain and create new, highly skilled manufacturing jobs across Sheffield, which is great news. Yeah, and the next one, uh, this, these have got a lot of airtime recently, rightly so. Uh, Nissan, they're creating 400 jobs at its Sunderland plant. You know, fabulous news on the back of a £1 billion announcement recently. Yeah, it's quite ironic, isn't it? You know, all the uncertainty and what we've discussed about Nissan over the last few years. And like you say, it's almost every week, there's good news from the plant. So... They've launched another major recruitment drive to boost its manufacturing workforce with 400 permanent and temporary jobs available for the northeast sites. Japanese car maker says with the all-new Qashqai in production and the recent £1 billion electric vehicle hub announcement, which will see its battery partner Envision build a new gigafactory um, adjacent to the site and a new electric vehicle introduced. There's never been a better time to join. Alan Johnson, Vice President of Manufacturing at Samsung Limpant, said last month we announced the £1 billion investment, the single biggest investment since we opened 35 years ago. These new recruits will play an important role in preparing the plant for the arrival of all-new electric crossover model, as well as delivering cash kind you can leave to our customers in more than 130 world markets. Yeah, just fabulous news. Um, speaking of good news, Arla, they were going to invest £25 million uh, transferring production to the UK. I actually saw an advert for for these Arla yogurts on the on the TV yesterday, and they talk about 
you know, Danish yogurts and all the rest of it, but it, it sounds like they're going to be made here. Yeah, fantastic news again. Um, the Danish dairy giant has announced it will create around about 50 new jobs at its factory in Settle in North Yorkshire. It's moving the production of lacto-free milk for the domestic market um, from Denmark and Sweden, would you believe, uh, to the UK, and this is part of a wider £25 million investment. A significant proportion of that investment is being put towards new production equipment, filling lines, packaging facilities, and new energy centre. All told, that will double the firm's capacity at the North Yorkshire site. So, Stuart, we'll take a, a brief pause for this week's Positive UK Manufacturing News and introduce this week's special guest, John Stanbridge, the GB Bobsleigh Development Pilot. John, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here and uh, talk to you both uh, about Bobsleigh and, uh, and the challenges that we have. Yeah, so just to start with, before we get too much involved in the Bobsay side of things, can we can we talk about you, your career to date, and your current role and responsibilities on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm an aircraft avionics supervisor uh, in the Royal Air Force. Um, I currently work on the E3D Sentry Fleet at RAF Waddington. Uh, my main primary role is on the um, avionics, electrical, comms, uh, flight systems and navigation systems, ensuring that they are maintained um, the air crew will go up with a with a fault. We come back down and uh, we get that replaced and ready for them to to go out. So, I've spent 13 years in the air force now, working on uh, two free tours of uh, Afghanistan. Um, I've travelled the world doing lots of different things uh, regarding that. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's really really uh, a worthwhile experience that I've had so far. So. Yeah, sounds it, sounds it. Um, and just secondly, an overview of the GB Bobsay team, please. Yeah, so uh, the GB Bobsay team uh, uh, is run by the BBSA, uh, which is the British Bobsay Skeleton Association. Uh, we've got three development teams, one of, the, of which I'm part of, and uh, two male senior and one uh, female team. They're eyeing up the 22 Olympics in Beijing next year. Uh, as a development teams, uh, myself and uh, the other Navy pilot Adam Baird and then uh, was Axel Brown uh, are looking to, uh, towards the Olympics at 2026. So we're on a pathway in, uh, in trying to do the best we can to, to develop, move up to that next spot uh, and compete against some of the world's best. So Fascinating to hear your background, John. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, obviously, quite a number of components go into making a, a pop team fast, you know, athletic ability, equipment, pilot skill and so on and so forth. Is it possible to kind of split those and, and to weight those those components, you know, which are more important and what the, you know, the main factors to, to, to help you win, essentially? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'd say probably there's a, a massive, there's the big three aspects of, of Bob's say is, you know, you, you push your velocity of your athletic ability at the start line. So you're trying to drive that sled to maximum velocity over a 40, 50 metre uh, distance and this sled weighs 170 to 180 kilos um, you reach probably about 50 kilometers an hour by that point uh, before you go for the t- first clock and a, a temp from the start with a consistent drive and the same equipment could give you three temps at the bottom uh, on the track so that helps your, your maximal velocity as you go down the uh, biggest thing for me I'd say is, um, is equipment uh, very much like Formula 1 uh, the newest sleds seem to be quicker or proven sleds that, uh, and designs that work uh, tend to get you the, the quicker on ice. Uh, 
you could put a really fast pilot or a slow pilot uh, in a uh, quicker or slower slower sled, uh, and there'll be the equipment will generally take over to, to a degree. But uh, along with that is your driver skills. So you, your pilot's got to make a decision uh, as he's going down the ice to to turn at the right time. Uh, the world class pilots can can step into those maybe lesser sleds and still get those good results, but you always need that that fast equipment. You can see in the Formula One where where Vettel switched from from uh, Ferrari to to Aston Martin, and the results aren't always there. So. Absolutely, and and continuing the the F one theme, how important are aerodynamics in in terms of um, maximizing uh, the, the speed? Yeah, so uh, regarding aerodynamics, uh, the sleds are put through some wind tunnels, I think, originally. Uh, I know prior to the 2014 Olympics and the 2018 Olympics, the, the senior four-man teams were, were in a wind tunnel looking at their positioning of putting the athletes in the right place. So uh, if you've got a big, bulky athlete weighing 110 kilos and one that's 100 uh, and is six foot four and the other one's five foot ten, you want to try and find the most aerodynamic profile for that. Uh, the equipment itself, you know, uh, there's particular rules and, and a skill set on that to stop you from adding stuff like canards and and this crazy stuff that we see in the Formula One nowadays. Uh, uh, that's not because of safety and stuff like that. it can't be applied. But we have uh, race suits. We're racing in lycra to try and reduce that wind drag over that first forty-five and. I think a sled traveling at like 50, 60 miles an hour is hitting maybe like 30 kilos of extra drag uh, on that front portion. Uh, so you want to try and minimize that as much as you can. So The equipment and the uh, testing seems very expensive. A question from a listener, what is the typical cost of equipment um, and uh, and how is it funded currently? Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the equipment for a two-man sled, you're looking at around 60,000 euros. A four-man sled could range to 80 to 100,000 euros. Um, how it's funded at the moment is uh, corporate funding. We need to go through corporate sponsorship to try and find and raise cash as a team for newer sled and equipment uh, due to a, a lack of UK sport funding, uh, something that got taken away after the 2018 Olympics. Um, UK sport funding is very much based on the results and if you're not performing, uh, those that, that financial incentive gets taken away, so it's sort of a. If you don't get those results, you'll you'll shoot yourself in the foot, and it has a knock-on effect for the future. So yeah, it, it kind of seems the wrong way around, doesn't it? You would think, you know, if you're struggling, you'd need more more support. But if if we move on, I'm just interested to know what it's like to be involved in the crash, and you know the impact, any of the damage to the yourself or your equipment, really, because my. Uh, Rightly or wrongly, my only exposure to Bob Say really is cool runnings. So it's fair to say my my expertise is limited, John. Oh yeah, yeah, I really do uh, appreciate that. Cool runnings is probably the the most uh, prominent thing that we'll hear uh, about Bob Say. It's, it's famous, really good film, um, uh, and, that, and to put uh, an exposure for Bob Say is great. Uh, regarding a crash, um, it, it's difficult to describe. It's more like um, like, like you're in a washing machine at 70 miles an hour, but you can't get out. <laughs> so you're, you're upside down, you've got the weight of the sled on you, and you've just got to hold on. Um, I've been both a brakeman and a pilot, uh, so I've had the experience of uh, being in both positions when it happens. The pilot's got probably a bit more room and a bit more safety protected by the cattle, and the brakeman's just holding on, 
moving the pressure from the sled and itself himself to keep yourself off the ice if he can. You know, you're moving from the your shoulder to your head uh, with your helmet on to reduce uh, the risk of those risk uh, like ice burns, which are possible. Uh, the equipment we wear is like a Kevlar vest to try and uh, mitigate that. Um, it, the sleds themselves are, are designed and you know from carbon fiber and they're with quite thick layers in in, in particular areas you know uh, so we find the equipment does hold up uh, but if you're repeatedly crashing uh, day in day out then uh, it's going to have a, a negative effect on your equipment stiffness uh, and its ability to to you know get you the, those results so yeah, I can I can imagine. Yeah, I wouldn't look forward to one of those. But it's interesting. At the beginning of this podcast, you talked about you know your background as an aircraft technician in the RAF. How, how does that help you? You know, develop as an athlete. Um, so it gives me uh, an understanding. You know, um, I, I've been to places like Afghanistan and stuff, and I, I've been in situations where you've had to overcome stuff and you've got to challenge yourself, and uh, that transfers well to to Bobsay as as we just spoke about a crash, you've got to have that, that trust and that, that willingness to get back in and overcoming that in your day in day out life is, is something that's really helped. Um, the air force itself do, do support me by allowing me time off to, to, to compete uh, over the winter season um, because of the level uh, that I'm, I'm racing at. So uh, the skills of the engineering stuff that, I, that I've learned um, really helped me, apply that to a sled and, and sort of repairs, like battlefield repairs, I'd say. Um, and understanding how the, the sled works itself has really allowed me to put that onto the pilot skill of driving and, and understand what forces are going through, what I need to do at the right time. And it, it has a positive effect, I believe. So, Absolutely. And um, I imagine the RAF are very supportive as well of, you know, you competing or Competing the future and, and testing and developing the, the sled and the thing. Um, it's been very difficult for everyone and every sport over the last year or so. Um, <clears throat> are there any particular challenges that you've had to overcome competing throughout the, the pandemic? Uh, yeah, so it was my first uh, development year. So my first uh, year as a pilot last season, and I've probably chose the wrong time to, to get into the that, that level of competition. So uh, the first challenge was to find a sponsorship and, you know, when a global pandemic is going on and not knowing people were furloughed, companies are quite reserved with uh, part with their, their market budgets very much reduced. Uh, that was a, that was the first challenge for us. Uh, one was uh, negotiating all the uh, extra extra rules and, uh, and guidelines for travel. Uh, we were luckily, we were exempt as, as elite athletes to, to compete. So, we had to make sure we had the right paperwork, COVID tests. Uh, we probably had about 40 to 45 COVID tests over a three-month period to ensure we, we got on the ice. And uh, that increased our costs. You know, um, When it first kicked off, companies were, were charging well near £200 for, for a COVID test at times. So yeah, you had to overcome that. Um, it affected our race performance as well. You know, The usual uh, atmosphere that you'd have around around the track was, was reduced so your, your involvement with other teams and, and developing with support that that way uh, was was reduced uh, one of our brakemen actually got a false positive covid test while we we're away uh, prior to our first race which reduced our our first couple couple of days of training so we we had to isolate until we could get a, another test to confirm uh, which is a as a knock-on effect to how we perform them later on so 
yeah, it's a massive challenge to to overcome for for Ross and and everyone really in that time we're dealing with something such, such a new thing. That it was, Absolutely. Um, um, and, and final question for me: you, you talked earlier saying that there's a limited number of equipment manufacturers that um, the bobsleigh uh, sport. Um, we've seen the likes of Lotus, you know, develop cycles and so forth. Is it viable for a sled to be manufactured in, in Britain? It would be a wonderful thing for a, a sled to be manufactured in Britain with the amount of pedigree and, and expertise that, you know, you've got majority of the Formula 1 teams are based within the UK for, for a reason, I believe, because of the skill set that, that's around. So uh, I'd, I'd like to see if it, if it is possible, then uh, please, please get in touch. <laughs> I know um, previously, maybe 2013, 2014, uh, McLaren were involved to a degree with a design of a sled uh, that, that got used in, in the foreman, I believe. Um, and it had uh, very good aerodynamic properties. Um, but it's the understanding and the testing for the sport is because we don't have a track in the UK, we would have to, the expenses for you know, R&D and that sort of stuff do, do push out. I imagine that's why a major, major issue with it. So. Yeah, it, it, it's been a fascinating interview. Thank you very much. I've just got one more question, if that's okay. And it's, uh, what do you offer sponsors in return for support and how would the sponsor get in touch? Uh, yeah, so uh, as a team, we're offering a, a set of unique marketing opportunities um, in return for financial support or, or equipment-based support. So uh, we've, we're working with a carbon fibre company, uh, KS Composites in, in Melton Mowbray. They've got... in. Uh, vast experience with like Formula One and designing things from carbon fiber bathtubs, loads of bits. So uh, we're working with them uh, to do the repairs on the sled that are probably beyond my my expertise. And we're offering them marketing space on our vehicle. And we're working with uh, engineering companies uh, such as Acres to, to design new bobsleigh products specifically that will help us as a team. And then something that we can market out in the future. Uh, we also offer unique opportunities to get involved and come watch us race in a European Cup uh, race or actually have that Bob say once in a lifetime experience and, and get the key members in, into a sled and, and I'll take them down, and, which is a massive experience for, for anyone to, to have an opportunity to do. You know, so, uh, you were, you're trying to put people off, John? No, 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 not put people off. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, definitely something uh, that I'd, I'd recommend. You know, it's scary, uh, enjoyable, but uh, something you can really, uh, really enjoy once you, you get over it. So. No, I, I jest. I think that's, like you say, it's a once-in-a-lifetime uh, once opportunity. If you can't afford to go into space, why not go into a bobstay? But, John, many thanks for joining us on the podcast. I, I've learned so much today. I'm sure our audience have at home. And yeah, please stay in touch and thanks for joining us. No, cheers. Thank you very much. It's, it's great to have the opportunity and uh, best of luck. So. Stuart, what a fascinating in- interview. Great insight, isn't it, into the world of uh, an Olympic Games? Absolutely. I mean, as you said, you know, very much chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, if you don't succeed, if you don't medal, you don't get funding. And without that funding, you're not, you're not going to medal. So uh, I feel it... it a very difficult challenge for them and, and other sports no undoubtedly yeah conundrum indeed yeah for sure so before we get back on with the news just a little plug for the mtd mfg app so it's, it's available from all your usual app stores for both android and iphone uh yeah it's it's a great app obviously keep up to date with the latest manufacturing news we can send you notifications to tell you about the latest stories 
Equally, there's content on there you won't see elsewhere. So please do go to your app provider and download the MTD MFG app. Also, factoring out, you know, send us an inquiry. You know, it's dead easy. Anywhere you see us on social media, uh, send us an inquiry. We'd love to have you on board factory now. But right, back on with the news, Stuart. Uh, 53 million funding boost for the UK's manufacturing sector. This one's, uh, this had a lot of attention, hasn't it, on, across social media this week? Absolutely, Joe. So five new research centres and projects to help supply chains become more productive are among recipients for £53 million in new government funding to drive the development of the latest digital manufacturing technologies. The funding has been awarded through the National Made Smarter Programme, have collaboration between UK government and industry design to elements and increase the use of these emerging technologies. Um, £10 million in funding has also been awarded to the new Made Smarter Innovation Digital Supply Chain Innovation Hub, easy to say, to develop breakthrough solutions to create supply chains that are fully connected, resilient and sustainable. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's good, but we uh, we need more. But it's a good it's a it's a good start. Uh, very positive news from the the CBI's Industrial Trends Survey as well this week. Yeah, some of the headlines: number of people employed in Britain's factories rose at its fastest rate in almost half a century in the past three months as manufacturers sought to cope with the surge in post lockdown order books. Um, the business lobby group has also said that jobs, investment, output, costs, and prices were all rising rapidly in the strongest period of growth since the early to mid seventies. The highlight of this is manufacturers expect the trend to continue with output set to grow at the fastest rate on record in the next quarter. Yeah, fantastic. Great to see people in work. Uh, this next one, Dynamo Motor Company, uh, set to create you know a lot of jobs in, in the Coventry area. It's, it's, it's not a company, it, it, you know, it gets a lot of airtime, is it, Stuart? No, um, you talk about electric cab manufacturers and you automatically think about LEDC and um, other electric vehicle manufacturers like Arrival. But um, the company is committing to UK jobs growth and future all-electric taxi and van conversions. The firm has announced its next expansion phase, where it plans to recruit an extra 275 people in the UK and convert up to 10,000 taxis and commercial stroke privately owned vehicles per year. Um, they, they've launched a, a CEDARS campaign, a crowdfunding campaign. They plan to raise £2 million and they, they've already received £1.5 million, so well on the way. Um, the company, as I say, don't, they don't really get much airtime. They released its first vehicle in 2019, the Dynamo Taxi, which became the world's first all-electric black cab in 20 when it entered production. Yeah, yeah, great news. 275 jobs. In the you know getting on in the Midlands, there fantastic news. Well done, well done to Dynamo. Um, that pretty much brings an end to this week's podcast. But there's a story you know we can't finish without talking about it. It's a it, it's a, it's a nice one. It's one that pulls at the heart ring, Stuart. So, uh, tell us more about this JCB engineer. Yeah, as you say, it's um, pulls at the heart ring. It's very bittersweet. Bill Turnbull, a former chief engineer at JCB, prior to retiring in 1995. Um, he amassed a multi-million pound fortune thanks to his interest in cars, and he's made a huge donation in, in his will to a Staffordshire school which is dedicated to nurturing the engineers of the future. When he died in 2019, age 88, Bill left more than four million pound in his will uh, thanks to an investment he made more than 50 years earlier in a rare 1937 Bugatti, paying just 1,500 pound for the car, and he's restored it, um, you know, over, over a number of decades. Now, in a nod to his lifelong interest in engineering, the JCB Academy in Roster, Staffordshire, has been given a total of £125,000 for the construction of an automation and robotics centre. And quite rightly, the new facility will 
we call the Bill Turnbull tweet in memory of the benefactor. Yeah, fantastic. What a what a great, like you say, very bittersweet, but it's a nice touch and a, and a nice place to finish this week's podcast. As always, there's plenty more news available on mtdmfg.com. We don't get time to run through all the news of the week, but there's plenty going on in the UK manufacturing sector. So yeah, please do go take a look. Um, please take a look at your app store. Download the MTD MFG app if you don't have it. Uh, a big thank you to Stuart. Big thank you to uh, John Stanbridge, our guest today, the British bobsleigh development pilot. But as always, the biggest thank you goes to you at home for listening. We'll see you next week. Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.